And we're live. Welcome to Daily Confidence for Entrepreneurs. My name is Mustafa Hosseini, your host for the show. At Daily Confidence for Entrepreneurs, we share tips, actionable advice, and strategies with business owners uh, to help them boost their confidence on a daily basis when it comes to running their business. Uh, during the show and after the show, we um, give away gifts. And uh, to enter the draw for the gifts, if you like the show, if you subscribe, comment, ask a question, and or tag your friend who could benefit from the uh, conversation that we're having and the topic, you would enter your name and their name into a draw for the gifts that we'll be giving away and um, the rest of it. So I have an amazing guest today, my dear friend, Julianne O'Connor. Welcome, Julianne. Thank you. How are you? I am awesome, and I'm so excited to be here. I love your show, and I'm I'm thrilled to be on it. So thank you so much. Thank you. Great to have you. So today we're talking about bridging the gap between your personal and professional life, which is an important topic, and I'm looking forward to this conversation. So let me do the proper intro, and then we will get us started. So dedicated to putting Relate back to relationship world, Julianne O'Connor is committed to helping high achievers to bridge the gap between their careers and their personal lives because they are overworked and often feel taken for granted. O'Connor helps people to uncover their deepest purpose, leveraging their influence and reconnect with what matters the most. She's an award-winning author, actor, TEDx and NSA speaker, wife, mother, adoptive mom, foster mom, and the founder of SIO Dream Fund. Welcome, Julianne. Thank you so much. I, I always laugh when there's an introduction that long because I'm like, wait a second, but let me tell you the muck of it. <laughs> you know? But thank you for that really, really, those really kind words and for that introduction. Welcome. Great to have you. Thank so you. how's your day going so far? Oh my gosh, it's been really good. And, uh, you know, I know we've had the opportunity to spend a little time together. So, you know, that um, we've had some intensive, you know, work that we have done, um, thanks to your simple market, uh, marketing formula program, which was awesome. And was so, great. yeah, I'm implementing. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, I'm still tired. <laughs> yeah, same. I'm, I'm feeling I mean, it today. Spending three full days with, a, with an awesome uh, group of people. As it, it's it's rewarding, but uh, we also get tired. Oh so yeah. There's, I think there's a lot uh, to digest on my end as the guy that runs the shop, fork shop, and then on your end, I'm sure there's like a ton of information and follow up yeah. and 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 all that. So, Julianne, what is what is your story? Oh boy, that's such a an awesome question and, and um, overwhelming, but. Um, so let me let me do the short version of the way backstory, which is probably that um, I grew up on, a, you know, with a family that was really not wealthy. In fact, we were pretty poor. We had no plumbing. We used to literally sneak to our neighbor's yard to take showers in their like well water because we had no plumbing initially. Um, my father had bought an old test site where it was like we had to remodel it. And then we found out it was badly contaminated. And it kind of led me on my journey into this discovery of what mattered in life. And so that's kind of the the long story short was going from and, and at the time, I had no idea, by the way, that we were broke as all get up. <laughs> you know, I just thought that was normal. That's how people lived. <laughs> so, yeah. Wow. Where about was that? Outside of Reno, Nevada. And um, 
yeah, in the hills and the mountains and very strange life. You know, my, people couldn't come to my house unless they signed release forms that they wouldn't sue my parents if they got hurt. It was pretty crazy. Wow. <laughs> so what's the rest? What else? Well, it, it really, you know, um, when we found out the property was really contaminated, my father passed away, I was pretty young, and we realized what the cause was, we had to move off the property, it's under a forever cleanup program, and no one could ever live on the property again, um, at least not for 100 years. And so it made me go on this, this discovery process of what mattered, which really kind of boiled down to if you're stripped of everything, what's left, it's the people that you surround yourself with. And so it really put me on a path to discovering what built meaningful relationships. And that was my mission. It still is today, actually. So to Fantastic. live my life yeah, with good people. And so what's the story behind getting into what you're doing now? How did so, you get into Yeah, so it's interesting because it, you know, one thing led to the next. And after all of this discovery, I, I kind of got to the point where I, I'd seen so many things that people were doing wrong year after year in terms of not keeping the priority of, of their relationships and their family in perspective with their careers. Um, so I ended up writing two books, one on relationships, one on careers. And it wasn't that I set out to be an author, but I thought I should put somebody should put this in a book and then everyone will have the tips what the one in 10 is doing different from the rest who's having fun. And so I wrote these books, which led me into um, this whole process around social media and how do you market and all of that. And so one thing kind of led to another. I also went on a path of doing what I loved most. So I ended up being an actor and other things combined with my entrepreneurial uh, side of things. <laughs> Very interesting. Yeah. So you have a diverse background, like acting and speaking and uh, 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 being a foster mom, adoptive mom, and you, you've done quite a bit. Yeah, it's, you know, because I think when you check your values throughout your whole life, and if you start that process really young, it's interesting because you keep coming back to, you know, what matters? What do I desire? What do I want to try? It kind of reminds me of, you know, like Tim Ferriss, he's taken, you know, that diversity thing of, of what he's test and tried to another level that I could not even imagine. But but it's that idea of always kind of readjusting along your path, your journey of life uh, to 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 do what you can while you have time on this planet. So absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And that is important. I think the connection between the two. Now we're talking about bridging the gap between your personal and professional life. Tell tell us what you mean by that. Well, it's really this idea of, uh, and, and this really stems from coaching um, and primarily dentists, believe it or not, which is where my where I've kind of ended up in my career. Um, but it's really in, in this idea of realizing that you have a finite amount of time on this planet. And if you work backwards from what it is you're trying to achieve, if you will, and you really also check that with why. Why, you know, that that constant thing we learn that we, you know, what's your why behind everything? And oftentimes what I've seen people doing is that they work, work, work so hard and then they get to a point where they recheck their values and their why and they realize all this time has passed and they neglected the very thing they were working so hard to to such a degree that there's a tremendous cost. So my my belief is that you should be checking it 
all along every single day and that there should be this balance. Um, and I, I don't mean the balance like everything's equal, um, but I do believe that if if you're doing stuff that's neglecting your family or causing you to do things that takes away from the very thing that you love, you need to look at what can you do to make sure both are incorporated in a single place and that you have both that are being, um, that are receiving the attention they deserve. Got it. Okay. So how did you come up with this concept of the uh, uh, what you might call bridging the gap between personal and professional life? Do you have a story on that? Well, I mean, it, the story really is still stems from a young age. I, when I, you know, when I was told that I could likely get cancer, <laughs> you know, from the stuff that I had been exposed to, um, what it made me realize is that I really wanted to do these certain things in life. You know, there were these ideas, these dreams, these aspirations that I had, but I equally knew that relationships were the only thing that really truly mattered. And, and so okay, they both matter, right? So it was really this idea of how do I achieve things, but not forget to see my mother when I'm young? And how do I achieve things, but then also not forget my own family now that I have my own family? And how do I give back while I grow? So it was this idea of bridging these things so that you were never, there was never a day that went by where I felt like I would have regrets if I were to die tomorrow or this afternoon. So it was really like, I still live my life this way every day that I check, I, I, I have would have no regrets. I can tell you if something happened to me and I know my, my family would be fine and they would know I gave all I could, so. Very nice. Now, um, was there like a, a period in your professional or personal life where the personal life was maybe uh, hurting the professional life and vice versa and you had to like, bridge the, the gap and like connect and make sure that, you know, you got some harmony or balance in between? Both. Uh, so there have been times, many times, in fact, where one um, was causing, you know, an issue with the other. I mean, I remember having boyfriends where they cost me agents because there was so much drama in the relationship. And so there are the there are things that happen, right? We, we end up with relationships sometimes that don't support um, what it is that we're trying to accomplish. And so really everything comes down to trying to figure out how can you stand by your partner and love them with self-worth and allow them to go on their own ups and downs and grow on their own, you know, level with or without you, but hopefully that you can stand by them while they do that. And it's not about, you're not supposed to complete them. You're supposed to be there, you know, hundred percent each of you. And then whatever comes off the top is great. So sometimes it's checking your relationships and looking, is this really a, a healthy relationship, right? Um, obviously I, I, well, maybe not obviously, but, but I ended up meeting a man who, who I had a list of criteria that, that met, you know, all of these needs and he met all that criteria. So he, that part's in place. So now it's the flip, right? It's, I have this career that, that requires a lot of time, effort, energy, and, and, and requires that um, I show up. Right. <laughs> and so for me, I, I just, Tactically speaking, I do block time. I use block time and I will even calendar my family if I need to. If I find that I'm neglecting them, I'll calendar time and my career cannot step over into my family time. And if somebody asks me to do something that that day is off off the schedule, you know, so I, I block time either one. And that's one way that I bridge the gap there. I have other systems and ways of checking what matters too. I, I love to tap into those systems. Uh, if you'd be open to share and talk about them here in yeah. a bit. So yeah, sure. tell us about 
what you do and who you serve these days? Yeah, so I, I work primarily in uh, marketing and advertising, uh, especially with social media, and I serve primarily dentists, also some high achieving CEOs. And, um, you know, I provide them with marketing services that help them raise their influence in a way that they're allowed to, again, go back to their family time and, and really take back their quality of life. So one begets the other. And so um, I, I help them in that arena. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know how how people kind of like attracts like. I'm yeah. sure I need to grab my notepad to take notes here. I was actually back in the day helping chiropractors and physios so they can spend more time with their family. Because mm-hmm. family, uh, I'm I'm sure family is one of your top values. Yes, a hundred percent. Yeah, so you help others do the same, like spending time with their family, because I'm pretty sure they get consumed with their business. And next thing you know. Uh, they don't have time, they don't have energy to spend time with their wife and kids and or husbands, and that's how they get in trouble. A hundred percent. And you know, I love that you did the same same thing because you do. You hear stories from people who are especially seasoned, where now they're going, "Wait, I realize what matters. I did all of this for my my son or my daughter, and now they're doing the same thing, and I can't get their time." And it's like. They have, they figured it out, but too late. And it's now it's, it's not too late. They can do things, but it's very difficult because it's like we pass on our own traits, <laughs> right? <laughs> to our loved ones. So oh, you teach them. So they, they just copy you, right? Yeah. <laughs> so what are some, I know we briefly touched on it, but what are some of the top challenges that your audience is experiencing? Man, burnout. Um, I know it's the buzzword of the season, but burnout, burnout. It's like they are overworked and they often truly feel like nobody appreciates them. And they feel like their families don't appreciate them. They feel like their employees and or their team doesn't appreciate them. And what they're doing, um, oftentimes they don't even know how to run their own business, truthfully. And that's why I love your simple marketing formula because all of them could use this. <laughs> and so we're going to talk more about that. But, um, but yeah, you know, so it's really, it's this ongoing cycle, right? These, these continuous things that you see over and over again. And, um, all, uh, I shouldn't say all, there are people who keep this in check, right? There are people who use systematic approaches to doing it. And, Systematic sounds so formal. It's not a formal thing. It's just a habit, right? Of, you know, keeping, keeping in front of you. What's my priority? What is my, my one thing I got to get done today? You know, like all of that stuff matters. So I don't even know if I answered your question. I am. <laughs> yeah, no, well, I'll, I'll, I think that's a good start. Now, what are some of the top myth about um, um, what you might call it combining and bridging gap between personal and professional life? I, oh, that's a good question. So, you know, it's funny. I was just on um, Sharon Lecter's uh, show and, you know, she has this belief that you can't have work-life balance. And I think you've heard probably a lot of people say the same thing. And I, I do think that there's a myth that you can balance everything. I almost feel like people are trying to either quantify it or measure it as if it's the same thing on two scales, right? And the reality is it's not It's not measured that way. It's, um, it's sort of unique. If you want to measure you know, whether or not you're living your life in a fulfilled way, you can measure it by how you feel in your gut at the end of the day Uh on whether or not you did, you know, you kept your values in check. So it's, there are ways that I keep track, don't get me wrong. But, um, but ultimately, it comes back, you know, if you're neglecting your work, 
you know, you have guilt, right? You have, you know, if you're neglecting your, your loved ones or your friends, you just know. So. Absolutely. Uh, uh, to me, and I, 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 one of my goals in life is to have harmony in life. Oh. And I used to say that I need, I want to have balance in life. And later on, I realized, and I learned somewhere that you can't have balance. You can only have harmony, mm-hmm. Like you can't have a balance between 50% work, 50% family. <laughs> like they just have to all play together. And like you said, you have to feel good about it and feel that harmony that yes, I'm working, I'm working hard, but I'm also spending time with my family and my kids or my loved ones. What do you, what's your take on that? I love that. I, I, I truly agree with that. I love the word harmony. I love, um, you know, when people talk about, you know, you're vibrating at a certain level, you just know that you, and, and, and sometimes that means I might work five days around the clock, truthfully, but then I know that my weekend is a man, I am going to pour into my family. And mm-hmm. so it's not a, you know, five days and then five days, <laughs> but, and then sometimes I'm on vacation and I have to come back to my work, you know, but at the end of the day, I know from a gut level. And if I start to question it, what I do is if, if it's, if it gets off, if I, if it's not synchronized, I'm not feeling harm, harmonious, if you will, then I will write a list of where I'm at, like what's going on, what I'm feeling. I will just write it down and, and really down and dirty. I'll, I'll sit in my bed if I have to and just be like, Oh, I feel spent. I'm, you know, I missed my, my kid today. I, man, I should have picked up my daughter and not made my husband do it today or, you know, whatever. And I need to do this or that. And then I'll go move on to like the next piece of that, which is, you know, where do I want to go? What do I want to do differently now? You know, so I'm not guilting myself. I'm just getting clear again. What is it that I do need to do? This is one of my ways of going about this. And then I'll check my why. I'll go back to my whys and I'll, I'll, you know, why, why is this so important? Why do you need to make so much money? Why do you want this house? You know, whatever. Why, why, why? And then when I answer the why, I say why to the why. (laughs) And I do that until I remind myself. And then it's like this weight lifts because you get back to your values. And then the next day strategy is the easy part. You know, you just implement what you realize. Absolutely. I love that. Like the prioritizing, going back to the why and then the goal. But that's one of the things I I do. It's similar things. And then one thing that I, I bring to answer the question of what's a priority is looking at my quarterly goal or the annual goal. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, at the end of this quarter, I'm trying to bring in 30 new customers. And is this going to help me get there? Because that's my most important goal, if that is your most important goal or whatever mm-hmm. that is. So that is like prioritizing, which I think uh, I feel that's what you're hinting to is absolutely essential. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's prior prioritizing everything a hundred percent. And that's why I think I love your program so much. Now that's really specific to your career, but you could do the same thing for your family life. I mean, truly you could spend a, a, you know, do a three day boot camp on how to get back to your priorities and give your family everything they need or, or maybe you don't even have a family. Maybe you're somebody who's just trying to go and create a philanthropic, you know, enterprise or, or something, but whatever that is, that is, you know, your fuel behind it all. So I, I agree. I love that. And, and then there's other micro, you know, bits of this, right? Like the, the one thing that you got to get done each day and not letting everything distract from that. Yeah. So. Yeah. There's the book, uh, the one thing by, um, do you know the name of the author? Oh, I have to Google it. Gary really Keller. 
I think it's Gary Keller. I yeah, I think maybe. The title is the one thing, and that's the one question that really was life-changing for me. And the question was, what is one thing I've got to do to today so that by doing it, everything else becomes easier or unnecessary? Yeah. And God, finding the answer to that question makes literally makes everything else a lot easier. It's hmm. so true. So you had like this list of books that you recommended um, during your, you know, your sessions that you had with everybody. And I swear everyone, I was like, check, check. Yes, these are great books. Um, but that's another one. And yeah, the one thing, man, it's, it's like, you know, that I think the problem that we have oftentimes as human beings, it's not even entrepreneurs, it's human beings, right? Um, is that we tend to think about, oh, I know I need to do that. I kind of know what my priorities are. I know my why, you know, but we don't write it down or we don't stick it on a sticky in front of us, right? It's like, you know, I mean, it, it's so crazy. We start to go through the motions of life knowing that we should, we could, we should write a business plan, but we don't. How many, how many people is it that you said actually write a business plan? What's the percentage? Do you know? Less than 1%. I mean, that's insane. That's yeah. insane because we know that it affects your your results and your success. And it's like, what? And everyone knows they need to. They think they've got it. They think they have it. All. You know, it's like because you can conceptually think all this stuff. But until you stick it in front of you, there's something about that. It's like you could think you needed to take a shower. And if you didn't have a shower to use that was in front of you every day, you probably wouldn't shower. You know, like it's like you got to have it there. Right? I mean, that's a horrible analogy. But, but I, you know, it's like you need it in front of you. And I think we talked about this. And that is, and I mentioned this, I'm sure before that recent in the past few months, I realized that I, that I'm done with thinking that I've got it. <laughs> I am done. I'm Man. done being smart. I'm like, I'm dumb. Just tell me what to do. <laughs> I love that. My, my daughter had a meltdown the other day and <laughs> she's 11. One of my daughters, I have a, my 11 year old, um, I have a three year old I adopted and I'm fostering right now, but my 11 year old was having a meltdown. I think it was yesterday. And, you know, and, and she's like, you know, daddy said something. I don't know. My dad, my husband said something by accident, you know, that, that thing that she's like, yeah, he's embarrassed that I didn't do my homework or something, you know? And, and I just told her, I said, you know, honey, I said, you're going to go through this life and you're going to realize we're this age and we want you to have this knowledge so badly. Like we want you to know. But the truth is, when you learn learn this, you're not going to learn this. You can't know it, all I'll know it all. And I just told her, I said, you know, at the end of the day, you're going to find out the more you learn, the more there is to learn. And it's never ending. It's it's literally inexhaustible. <laughs> and I said, so relax. Don't worry. You can't learn it all. And the, you, as soon as you surrender to, oh, my gosh, and then get the help. You know, like get the help where you need it, where you desire it. Exactly. <laughs> oh yeah, that surrendering piece is a, is a big one to yeah. surrender and and do that. So let's go back to what we uh, we kind of drifted a little bit, but I think rightly so. But what are some of the obstacles and or internal blockages that people have about their personal and professional lives, and then putting it together? Like you mentioned, uh, somebody saying that's impossible. Is there any other fears, doubt, internal blockages about this whole piece that you work on? A hundred percent. So uh, there's so many, right? Um, I think this is a constant 
a constant process for people because we have been taught things. There have been certain times in our lives where we know that our brain development was affected by an instance in our life when we were five or when we were eight or whatever. And we start to believe we, we develop these belief systems, right? Where we believe that you have to work hard. You know, you have to, you know, money is, doesn't grow on trees. We, we hear all these things that we've heard from our parents. And so I, I do think that there's a lot of damage done, so to speak, that creates these obstacles that make us believe that, you know, one thing begets the other. And I think the key is really being so crystal clear with your values, what really matters to you. And, and it may be that you resign to believing you have to work hard. That may be your thing. And, and that's okay too. I think we have to have some grace. But at the end of the day, once you're clear on your values, you know, you can meet certain, you know, levels of whatever that is for you. Um, and, and for you, that's going to feel right. It's going to feel good. If it's not right, then you might want to do some work around what is that that's blocking you? Because there are things that block us and prevent us. You know, we have beliefs that there's a ceiling of, you know, how much money you can make or, whatever. And so I, and and we all have them, like nobody, there's nobody kind of immune (laughs) to this, right? So I think it's getting clear on what that is. And then looking for people like you looking for mentors, looking for people who can help us that, you know, to use proven ways to kind of get through that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, What if if someone is trying to figure out these, these pieces of connecting the personal and professional life? And they're having a difficulty. They're just like, either my family is hurting or my work is hurting. And I'm just like juggling between the two and then, and, or they just, they, their internal doubt or blockage is stopping them from making that happening. So my question is, what kind of mindset do they need to get us started with bridging the gap? Uh, okay, so I don't know if I can label them what that mindset is, but I can tell you that one of the greatest gifts that I ever gave myself was getting a coach. And and the reality is like, you know, if you can join a mastermind, if you can get a coach, you can get a mentor, somebody who can identify with where you're at and they've been there, but they've crossed the road and they've gotten to the next step. I really believe that can help with the mindset piece on so many levels. I mean, there's so many methods, right? There's hypnotherapy, there's coaching, there's, you know, there's just a ton of different um, resources, truthfully, that have been proven time and time again, no matter what you've been through in your life. And, and I can tell you, we've all been through things. We all have stories. They're all over the map and how every individual deals with it is so different. But The question is, why is this person so successful when they've been through what sounds like the ringer, you know, like they've been through the worst case scenario? What are they doing that allows them to thrive? And you want to find out those people in your area where you need to grow, I think, and then find mentors there, because that's been my gift to myself, truthfully. So what does a coach then do do that I'm not able to do? Yeah. So, um, so it's really kind of a reflection, right? It's, it's reflecting back to you in, um, you know, the mirror, so to speak, so that you can see what you don't see. And I, I think the biggest problem is we think we know, like what we talked about earlier, right? We think we know that, um, okay, we might even identify with what our obstacle is, but we don't actually have the answer on how to get past it if we haven't gotten past it or 
we're not being held accountable for doing that thing that we need to do that we know we need to do. So one or mm -hmm. the other, it's either accountability or the understanding of what the options are for you. And so I think, I, I mean, I hope that is helpful, but I think that's the most straightforward thing. I can't do it by myself. I can tell you that I'm not going to grow on my own. I have to have people in my world. So. Oh yeah. I mean, the analogy that I use is as long as, as long as I'm in my own picture, I cannot see the picture that I'm in. Perfect. But you well, but... can look at me and be like, Mustafa, you're doing this wrong. I actually saw you doing a few wrong things during your workshop because I was attending your workshop because I saw how you were running the show. And here are a few things that you can improve on. By the way, if you have any of that, please. Ah, you're great. You, you know what? I love. So that's the other thing is the humility. Um, and you bring this to the table on a completely different level. Um, the humility to be okay with really not having the answers is so key. I, I really feel like in this world, we go around comparing ourselves, looking at what other entrepreneurs are doing and thinking, oh my God, they have so much success. But what we don't see is where they have neglected their family or where they have neglected something else in their life that was important to them. And so it's not a comparison game. It's more um, a question of what really like matters for you personally. And, and having the humility to ask for help and the humility to be able to say, Hey, this is, I'm, I'm messed up. And, and I'll tell you personally that during 2020, I was teaching about burnout and I fully burned out. Like I completely yeah. burned out. And, and yeah. once I, I decided to do something about, it, I recognized the signs. I was well aware, but it wasn't until I said, okay, muster it up. Like you got to do something about it. Do what you teach. It wasn't until I sat down and did it that I created change. And now I have a different experience that I can share when I teach. But the reality is I didn't need to go there. Like I didn't need to burn out. And it's because I neglected, you know, myself during that process. And sometimes we're just so too tired to do it, you know, <laughs> but doing it sets you free. Oh, and this, in this day and age where we've been sitting in front of our computers and at home for like a year now, and uh, we all have our Zoom butts and and our bodies are all like uh, slowly. I, I don't feel as healthy now as I was a year ago. And I'm a healthy guy. I, I mean, when you sit around for a year, that's not good on your on us mentally and physically. Uh, and burnout is a huge issue. Yeah, and, I mean, uh, yeah, it, it's horrible. And, you know, people take for granted what burnout means, but, you know, it's a medical condition. They, they've they termed it now. And and the reality is, you know, that you're burning out by all these signs. You're getting depressed. You don't want to get out of bed, whatever. You know, you're not doing you don't want to turn on your computer and work another day. Right. So there's all the signs. That's the easy part. But the reality is, you know, with the burnout piece is it's all preventable. It's really not complicated. It's super easy to overcome. But we do in, in this world, the society that we're living in with everything that's happened, we do need community so desperately. I think that um, it's a matter of taking a step. It's a matter of connecting with somebody. It's a matter of getting up and saying, hey, scheduling at 930, I'm going to do my workout. And I'm, if I do it on Zoom, fine, but I'm going to be not sitting in a chair when I do my workout. Exactly. Exactly, exactly. Look, can you touch on, um, here's what I just come to realization. The work-life balance right now is at home. Like, and I, I, I'm sure that happens to you and it happens to me where my kid just literally walks in during, in during an interview 
right? And and then so the work life is at home. It has been at home for uh, about a year now and doesn't look like it's going to stop anytime soon. What are some of your tips for this work-life balance for the people that are working from home that they have to handle themselves, handle their family and their work? You got any tips and your toolbox? Let's get into your toolbox, <laughs> I guess. Well, one of um, my highest values is my family. And so I never want to shush my kids or send my kids away. This is like something that's that's really important. So if I have blocked off time and like, let's say right now I'm doing an interview, I make it crystal clear to my family. I have to have quiet time for this 30 minutes or whatever the case might be. And can you go for a walk or whatever it is that needs to happen? And then when they check back in with me, I pour into them again. Right. But in addition to that, sometimes the time is like we're stretched. I've got to spend 10 hours today, you know, or something. There's there are times where you have to to block it. Right. And so I think um, and I learned this actually writing my first book, my little girl would come into the office. And at first I would always put my book on hold and I would pick her up and I'd love on her. And, and then over time, I was getting close to my timelines that I needed to meet for the publisher. And as it got closer, I was like, oh, just a minute, honey, just a minute, honey. And then pretty soon I'm like, I, I just need to concentrate. <laughs> You know? and so, yeah, so can you just go do something else here? Go play, go eat candy. I don't, you know, like it was horrible. And then I went, oh my gosh, I'm doing this to leave a legacy for my kid. I'm not going to do that. And so I made a commitment to work through the middle of the night and take my kid in still every day. And so I was like, okay, come here, honey, come in. And so I made a sacrifice that I will never regret. That was the greatest gift of my life, which is that I worked intense hours to accomplish my book completion on time. And I never put my kid on hold. And it was really grueling and really hard. And I was super tired. But there is nothing that I've ever felt better about because the very thing that I was doing it for was right there. And and God forbid something changed. Right. So I think in our homes, it can be hard. Um, but when you're clear on your values, you you do find a way. And my one of my things that I do is if I need to put my kids, get my kids busy, I'll hire a babysitter. And not everybody can do that for me personally, though. I earn money to have a chunk of money to hire somebody who can play with them and give them good quality time. I don't have to always put them on a TV or whatever the case might be. So part of my my budget is earmarked for accomplishing the things I need to do within my home right now. So I hope that's helpful. Absolutely. So um, what do you think of the idea of dedicating, say, an hour a day to play with your kids? Oh, I love this. Okay, yeah. so I'll share I'll share this story that I just heard. So they um they were doing an experiment with abusive parents. And I know this is gonna be extreme sounding, but this will give you an idea of how important that is to me. Um and they were trying to rehabilitate abusive parents, and so they made them take five minutes, just five minutes every day and do child-driven play, which meant five minutes where your kid is in charge. And they had to really help these parents to to let go and just let the kids be totally in charge. And every time, you know, and, and it's incredible because we don't realize how much we control everything as parents, right? Yeah. yeah. But the second they started doing that, they rehabilitated this massive percentage of parents who never abused their kids again because they started to see that their kids 
were connecting with their own agenda. You know, like they didn't have, it wasn't what the parents thought. So it's incredible, not only because you set aside that time, but because you start to see that your kids are not coming from where you're coming from. And when you take an hour and you truly like hold the space for them and you know you're not there to tell them what to do, but you're there to just ah, be, just be with them and and let it be imperfect. Let it be really messy if it needs to. Let them spill their paint. <laughs> you know, like whatever it is, whatever age they are, um, it's an it is one of the most powerful things, in my opinion, that you can do daily, Absolutely. weekly, whatever you can do, like set it aside and make it make it a priority. Absolutely. One thing I do with my kid, my I have a one year old and a five year old. The five year old constantly wants me to play with him. And so what, and he shows up like on a regular basis and I and I attend him as much as I can. But sometimes when I can't, I tell him. um Honey, I'm sorry. I cannot play with you right now. But when I'm done, I will play with you. And he understands that. Yeah. And then, uh, then, I, then it becomes a matter of pulling myself together and coming up with the energy to actually play with him when I'm done with work or whatever I have to do, which, which I will handle it. But when I tell him that I'm sorry, this is not happening. And I give him the, the uh, I don't waste his time. I say, this is not happening right now, but I will come to you when I'm done. And usually works out good. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, kids are in the moment, right? So sometimes yes. it's hard. The younger they are, the less they maybe understand it and they don't have concept of time. But if you continue to follow through, they will start to see that your words mean that there's some reward at the end of it. The mistake is when people promise things and they don't follow through. That's yeah. the biggest thing. And, you know, we learn as I'm guilty uh, of that. <laughs> yeah. But so so with your own child, you've banked a certain amount of, of trust. So it's different. But like in foster care, you can't mess that up. If you're going to Disneyland, you don't tell them you're going to Disneyland because if something happens and it changes, they will never trust you. But if you show up and you're in the parking lot, then you can say, we're going to Disneyland, but not till you're in the parking lot, you know, <laughs> because you can't, you can't break. Yeah. So, so it's a good rule to practice with your birth children too, because you know, the, the less that you disappoint them, the more they will trust you and have oh, faith. I have a perfect example because my kid oh, love lo it. loves McDonald's and the happy meal. Right. And yeah. then one time we went out and we don't we didn't have access to a McDonald's. We ended up going, I don't know, having a shawarma or some other thing. And then he's like, but you said McDonald's. I'm like, I'm sorry, there's no McDonald's around. So uh, that's a yeah. good point. I'm going to tell him next time that we're going to McDonald's when I'm in the parking lot. <laughs> yeah, you don't say where you you can say, hey, I have something you know special planned. But <laughs> don't, don't say what until you're there. Yeah. Um, and I have to be that way with my my own all of my children, really. I have to try to make that a habit. My husband should do that with me, too. That's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, Julianne, how this has been an amazing conversation, and uh, it seems like you could go on for hours and hours, but um, uh, we do have to kind of start wrapping up. So where can people find out about you? Sure. So they can visit my website, which is Spelling It Out, um, which is short for my book title, Spelling It Out for Your Man, Spelling It Out for Your Career. Um, but again, Spelling It Out, just like it sounds, S-P-E-L-L-I-N-G-I-T-O-U-T. That's it. Spellingitout.com. Yeah. yeah. So you can get reach out to her, spellingitout.com forward slash contact. And there you can secure a 15 minute um, complimentary power coaching session with her.
just, it. I think, to uh, get the conversation go, uh, going and start tapping into her uh, wisdom. Um, Julianne, what are some of your top favorite books? Books that have made a massive impact on your life. Oh, I love that question because I love when other people give me titles. Um, but I would say, um, you know, some of the classics, you know, my my dad had me reading Think and Grow Rich and How to Win Friends and Influence People when I was like eight years old. And I didn't really get it till I was older. But those are just classics, still valid, you know, incredible books. Uh, and then there's one that I read recently, I think it's called Big Magic or something like that. Oh, my gosh. Now you asked me and I would have to look it up. But um, but there there's a, there's some others that I, I've um, read more recently. There's some, a lot of really good ones and all of the ones that that I think you've recommended, you know, from good to great. And, you know, all of all of those, I, you know, I like the business books, as you can see, <laughs> but, but especially if they have to do with psychology. Got it. Thank you. Those are amazing books. I've read uh, Think and Grow Rich and Win, uh, Win Friends and Influence People. Both are uh, books that you have to actually read multiple times. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you had a fa- if you had an ad like a Facebook ad or a Google ad that everyone on Earth could see, what would your message be? Ah, my gosh. You know what? It would be live up to your down. In other words, we strive to hit these peaks and we forget that it's okay to have these down moments and it's everything in between that creates life. Mm-hmm. Love it. Live up to your down. It's like, to me, with my um, uh, my experience, the down times are a necessity. Like yeah. it's, it's part of the process. It, it process. It has to be there. And with some social conditioning that we've had, we try to avoid the downtimes instead of embracing them. Yeah. What's and it makes us lonely. Yeah. You know, I agree. It's, it's a, it's really lonely if you cannot share your story and, you know, we've all had some bad moments, some bad days. And honestly, you know, my kid, she'll ask me, tell me a mistake you made. Like anytime she's having a rough day, mom, tell me another mistake you made. Why does she ask me that? She asks me because it makes me relatable. She remembers that it's okay to be totally flawed and fully imperfect. And that is life, you know, and, and it makes us better people. And we, we are more generous to help others if we can live up to and embrace our, our junk as much as we do brag about our accomplishments, which mean nothing to most people. <laughs> so. Absolutely. And, and I love how you talked about t- teaching your kid about that, like being vulnerable and, and uh, you know, opening up so you could teach them that, yes, it's okay to do that. Yeah, 100%. Love it. Love it. Is there anything else that you'd like to add that we haven't talked about? I, you know, I, I can't think of anything else. Honestly, it's been a lot of fun. And I just I really love human beings. And I hope that we can continue to be kinder to one another and, and really embrace each other because, man, we can't go it alone. You know, we need each other and all of us depend on on one another. Absolutely. It is a lot easier when we uh, tap into other people's wisdom and get help and trying to figure it out on our own takes at least 10 times as much time 
and it costs ten, at least 10 times as much more. And so why go through that route? It's lonely. It is challenging. It, it's costly. And so tapping to other people's wisdom, there's a lot of wisdom around. So do that, people, if you're watching or listening. It's a lot easier to go that route. So, gang, if you want to tap into Juliana Connor's wisdom, uh, go into her website. It is spellingitout.com forward slash contact. Uh, book time with her. Have a conversation with her and see where that goes. And if you go there, tell them that Mustafa referred, referred me to you. <laughs> Perfect. I love it. <laughs> All right. Thank you for joining me, um, Julianne. It, it, it was a pleasure. I look thank forward you. To with you. Thank now, you thank, so much. Thank you. Thank you. Um, now, gang, for those of you who are watching or listening, uh, again, for you to enter the draw for the gifts that we give away, if you uh, like, subscribe, uh, and uh, comment or ask questions on whichever channel you're watching, whether you're listening to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or Google Podcasts, rate the show, give us a, a thumbs up, and or ask a question and we'll get back to you. And uh, you can follow the show, obviously, on your favorite platform. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, my name is Mustafa Hosseini, your sh- host for the show. And I look forward to seeing you on our next episode.